Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within. Someone recently approached me about Maya and how they bought shares in the float and have been bitterly disappointed with what's happened because they've seen their, the offer price, which they paid $4.10 for the stock, they've seen the stock fall to around $3 in a very short space of time. So I thought today I'd talk a bit about floats and try and lift your awareness on the subject. Now there are a lot of great companies, of course the stocks that have listed on our market over time have floated and we've seen banks appreciate significantly in price and stocks like uh, West Farmers and Woodside. The thing is when the stock first floats, what's its real value? What's it really worth? And unless the stock's been trading on the market, you really don't know what someone's willing to pay or what the consensus is about that stock. So if you're buying in a float, you need to be aware that in the short term, there's a risk that the stock may fall away because there's a lot of hype that goes into marketing these particular floats. Now, there are regulations around what can actually be said or what can be written in the documentation that's given to investors, whether it be institutions or retail investors. There are obviously stricter regulations around the retail side of the investment. But that doesn't stop people with vested interests from marketing these floats in the newspapers. Now, if I was wanting to market a company to retail investors, the mums and dads, I'd be putting big articles in the Herald Sun. And that's what happened in the case of Maya. Maya was a broker's dream because mums and dads, they understand the product. Everybody knows about it. Most people have shopped there from one time or another. So it was really easy for them to get our mums and dads or retail investors to buy into the float. Now, I found out that there were some investors who were told by their brokers that it was going to be oversubscribed and that they better put more de- in, uh, try to subscribe for more shares than what they were actually likely or what they wanted. So people did this and ended up with more shares than they wanted because the institutions didn't take up all of their entitlement. So this is a trap for some people and I, I suggest that you have a really serious think about what your approach is going to be if you're thinking about going into floats. Now I'm not saying don't do it but I'm just saying go into it with an open mind. My preference is actually to wait until the stock's been trading on the market, maybe 12 or 18 months, to get a feel for what the market really thinks about the stock. Now if there's value in there long term, the stock's going to continue to rise if the company's growing and they're, you know, they've got a, a great business model. But if the the earnings are likely to be flat, then there's a really good chance that the share price will fall away. And this is what's happened with a lot of floats. We've seen company share prices fall in the first 12 months. Now take Maya, for instance. I mean, we've already seen it lose quite a big big amount of money in a short space of time. Tats is another good example. Um, In the first 11 months that this stock was trading on the market, the stock dropped significantly. And then when it eventually made its low, it doubled in price from the value of that low. So if you had known a little bit about how to trade the market, you could have been buying near the low rather than waiting for the stock to fall away to that point. Now, there are plenty of other examples. I mean, take AMP, for instance. That's one that most people know about where the, the day that it floated, the share price rocketed up. There was so much hype around AMP listing at the time that people thought they had to get a piece of the action. So people ended up paying a lot more than what they really should have, the ones who missed out in the offer on the first day of that trading. But then the share price fell away and it fell away for years after that. And so those people have probably sold out and never recouped uh, their losses there. 
And even now, AMP is still not trading at those levels. So if you're one of the students at Wealth Within currently studying the course, I encourage you to go and have a look. Use Market Analyst, the software, and look at the, the listing date of when the company floated and have a look at what happened to the share price for the months after it listed. Compare a number of stocks just to get a feel for what happens. For those of you who are not currently learning to trade, well, I guess I'd be saying to you, well, why not? Uh, but if that's the case and you have access to an online broker, you can actually look at a chart on your online broker, bring up a bar chart, open, high, low and close should be the setting, have a weekly chart and look at over as much history as you possibly can. You might be able to see the, if a stock's only recently floated over the last couple of years, you'll be able to see what's happened to, to that company. I mean, take Crown Casino, for instance. I mean, that fell dramatically for some time and it still hasn't traded above its share price. The code for that CWN. And the code for Maya is MYR, I believe. So if you need to look up any stock codes, you can go to the ASX website, www.asx.com.au, and you'll get the codes from those sites. So as I said, I just wanted to raise your awareness to what happens in floats. And if you decide to buy into a floating future, um, have an open mind about it. Or alternatively, wait until the stock's been trading for a number of years and then get in at the opportune moment. I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within. Bye for now.